Hello and welcome to Cutting to the Ball in the Post-Truth Apocalypse. I'm Ben and as always I'm hanging out with Mike, Hello. Claire hey. and Pete. Hey. Today we're going to talk about Operation Northwoods which is literally the daddy of every single conspiracy. In the modern era, let's say that. Yep. Well, that's what I got from it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's absolutely fucking true. It's quite a head fuck as well, really. It is, yes. <laughs> Before we do that, let's thank some new returning listeners. I'll read out a few. Oh, Netanyahu. Is that how you say it? Netanyahu in Israel. I've read that one before. Mentor in Ohio. Montreal, Canada. Frankfurt, you're back. Welcome. Welcome to you. Northampton, United Kingdom. Cumming in Georgia. Hey. <laughs> I want to go there. <laughs> Ironically, Chorley. Coming yeah. in your ears, Julia FM, the old Max and Paddy thing. Where, where the listener comes first. Where the listener comes first. Oh, what's that one? Balik Papan in Indonesia, Quezon City in the Philippines, Buffalo, New York, Thornton Heath in the United Kingdom, Niles, Michigan, Bengaluru in India, Valencia, Spain, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Guadalajara, Spain, Ashburn, Virginia, Dexter, Ohio, and Madrid in Spain. Dexter, Missouri. I do apologise, Dexter, Missouri, what did I say? Ohio. Ah, well. To be fair, right, getting the uh, states from the two letters, that's pretty good, to be fair. I wouldn't have had a clue on that I've only one. been doing it three years, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't have had the years. I'd have been like that, Motown. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can get them all. I really want to live in Quezon City or whatever it was. Because I know it's definitely not Montreal, because Montreal's in Canada, isn't yeah. it? So. Yeah. I know I wouldn't say that. Isn't that a city and not a state as well? Do they have states in Canada? They're yeah. provinces, I think. I think they? so, they're provinces, yeah. I don't know, we've got a Canadian listener somewhere down there. You tell us, mate. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> Alright, Operation Northwood. Now, I have to go back in time a little bit to give the background to this. But it's fair to say that the US and Cuba have had strained relationships since about 19, since 1958. Hmm. Obviously, that escalated, and we'll get onto that shortly. Well, why... I'm going to get there now. <laughs> <Okay>. Why? <laughs> because of the Cuban... Well, I know why, but I'm just trying to... Because of the Cuban Revolution, like, started in 1953, led by Fidel Castro, the, with the best beard in dictators. Who's that? Who, that guy? I don't think I've ever heard of him. <laughs> his, his mate, Colonel Gaddafi. Che Guevara, yeah, actually, yeah. isn't it? No, see, they all look the same. He was mistaken. My 14-year-old nephew came in and said, why have you got a picture of Colonel Gaddafi on the walls a few <laughs> years ago when Gaddafi was in the news? <laughs> <laughs> that is quite funny though, isn't it, yeah. to be fair? They all have a very similar look, don't they, the three of them? And they've all had similar portraits done of themselves, haven't they, I think? Now, remember, Fidel's fully bearded. Yeah. Fidel has the best beard of all the dictators. Best facial <laughs> hair out of all the dictators, Fidel. And Gaddafi was definitely the best dressed. Yep. And the, in a way the most modest, because he never promoted himself above Colonel. And Fidel Castro, as we know it, takes power on the 31st of December 1958. And all of a sudden, the US has got a bit of a problem. Because Castro is, although technically a socialist, he aligns the party to Marxist-Leninist ideals. Okay. And they've overthrown the American military-backed dictatorship. Yes. That was working for US interests, interests basically. And Obviously, there was that Not great... caring about the Cuban people. No. <laughs> At all. Wow. But the US, wow. which is fighting its Cold War against Russia and therefore the communist world, mm. is all of a sudden going, well, shit, maybe we've got a communist country just popped right, up 90 miles off our coast. Yeah. <laughs> There's another one of them. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it was the domino theory. They had this. I don't know if that was. This was a bit later where they developed it or they added this. But the domino theory: where if one state falls to communism, then the next state falls to communism, and the next state, and the next state, and that's why they got involved in Vietnam, because Vietnam had fallen to communism. So therefore, it made sense that Cambodia and Laos would fall to communism, and it would spread all the way across until what happens? You get to India, and all of a sudden, you've got another billion communists. You've got to worry about. Damn yeah. communists. Damn commies. <laughs> but this is what American foreign policy was based on. Stopping other countries becoming socialists. Yeah, stopping the spread of communism. So whose decision is it to decide whether communism's a bad thing? Well, exactly. If the people vote for it yeah. in fair elections, then surely it should go ahead, shouldn't it? That's what the will of the people. Yeah. Yeah. America don't want that, and they'll stop that at any cost. Like, they'll infiltrate the government, they'll try and make a coup... Well, it's not, a fall. it's not a fall to communism, then it's a rise to communism. Yes, I, I, need to, I need to make something clear. I've never understood communism. Uh, think I've never understood what it all means. I, I've never, I've never been. Should I give you my? Language? I've never been interested enough to think. What what is communism? What is socialism? All these different isms. Yeah. So I've never understood it. You all get paid the same. You all sort of like as a society. Everybody lives a set, the same sort of standard of living. But you don't live the same standard of living. No, because there's a because usually there's somebody at the top that has to run it all, and then they become a dictator and greedy yeah. and this, that, and the other. And it all goes get, to pot. But the idea get, is that the people own the means of production. So instead of having bosses, employers that take the profits, the profits spread amongst the people, the workers. Well, it goes back to the state where it's turned into other things like, you know, it's paying someone's wages to make the bread or to import things or what have you. You know, it's... So you can see positives in it then? Of course. There, there are well, positives. There's a lot of positives, no. it's just not been implemented. There's a lot of positives for Cuba, because even when the Soviet Union fell, Cuba is still a socialist country, aren't they? They're less socialist now, but yeah, well, they've, no, they've opened dead. up a little bit, haven't they? But yeah, they are still technically a... And they're one of the best health... They have, no, 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 no. Healthcare they don't have one the of world. the best healthcare systems because it's crumbling, but they have the most doctors per capita. Yeah, they have the most... The hospitals have, aren't the best funded. Maybe not, but they have the, some of the best outcomes. They, Especially they, countries in that region. Everyone can go and get... They've got one of the highest doctors per capita in the world, in fact, if not the highest, and everyone has free healthcare. And a lot of their doctors they send to crisis places in the world. A lot of them are to get into this. A lot of them do go to crisis things. They also get paid more to do that than they do in Cuba. But still, it's free healthcare. And doctors are trained. The standard of living in Cuba pre Castro and post Castro is a massive difference. There is. I mean, people. you're still poor. You're guaranteed a but job. You're, you're less poor. You're guaranteed a house yeah. in Cuba. You don't get that in capitalism, do you? No. If you're on the bottom ten percent, ten percent, yeah, of capitalism, you, you, I wouldn't say ten percent. Huh? You're on the bottom ten percent of incomes. You've got a flat. I'm not. I didn't say I was. And I said if you're in the bottom ten percent of capitalism, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to say is that you'd be better off being in the bottom ten percent of in Cuba. Yeah, at least you're going to yeah. get a house, a job. Oh yes, you you've got you've got a house, you've got a job, and that was the thing. Even you've in, got the standard of living. Even you? in the Soviet Union, if they saw you on Free the street healthcare. homeless, they would literally take you off the street, put you in a, a shared accommodation until they found you a job and a, and a somewhere to live. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying that they were big, spacious and luxurious. They were. You must have seen uh, East Berlin, pictures of East Berlin, or any Eastern European country for that matter. Big, tall, square, everything's concrete, everything's grey. Yeah. It's all built up. It looks a bit tired, doesn't it? 
it looks a bit tired nowadays. It probably, it probably looked fantastic in the 1950s when they built it. Mm. Going back to your point about people voting for this, some did. Remember that this is 1953 to 1958 period we're talking about. The Second World War hasn't long ended. Mm. Yes, there were elections held in Eastern European countries, but Europe had already been divvied up and it, they were going to be under communist rule whether they liked it or not. Yeah, yeah. They, they may have had the odd election, air quotes, but it was heavily rigged in favour of the Communist Party because they're going to be living under the USSR umbrella. Right. I was talking more about the South American countries. Oh, like. well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, South America is a different matter. I mean, but then Argentina again, and Chile especially. Well, that was a military junta's. Argentina route. <laughs> Argentina and Chile were military junta's. Yeah, they were US puppets, weren't they? Well, yes, they were US They wanted puppets. to test neoliberalism in Chile. It was so bad, this revolution, in fact, that Cuba became the focus of both the United States and the USSR. Simple fact is, the USSR sees it as a victory for communism. Even if it's an armed revolution and you've got that, you're in. The people have overthrown the capitalist yoke yeah. and now they're going to spread the wealth amongst themselves and make themselves and the country rich, is the idea, isn't it? And they're going to get backing from the USSR. And they're going to get a lot of backing from the USSR. Because now the USSR has something... An interest, a common interest. <laughs> well, we have a tactical country right on the US. Yeah, well, you're yeah. 90 miles off the US coast, right? You put nuclear weapons into Cuba in exchange for massive amounts of aid, money, infrastructure building, everything. You're beating the American early warning system. Hmm. Nukes 90 miles off, I mean, it's mad yeah. minutes. Now, I'm getting a little bit ahead because, the, well, I'm not, because at least the Cuban Missile Crisis, but the Americans don't like the fact that this is a very real possibility. Even though uh, in 1962, not sorry, 61, the Americans put nuclear weapons in Turkey, yeah. which was only 150 miles away from the Russian border, that was okay. Yeah. The Russians putting nuclear weapons into Cuba 90 miles away from America is not okay, even though they're both pretty much the same thing. It's always been the same way with the US, so double standards, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Very much so. No offence to any American listeners. Which there are a lot of them. <laughs> but I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably understand exactly what we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> yes. Well, you live in a oligarchy now, so you don't have a say, basically, in how the country's run, so I don't blame them. But if any of the war criminals listening, which I doubt it. I don't very much doubt George W. Bush is listening to our podcast, Mike. Or Dick they Cheney. Fuck off. I don't think they're listening somehow. <laughs> I very much doubt it. Tony Blair might be. He's a, he's a cash whore. <laughs> Saint Tony. Oh, Sir Tony now, isn't it? Is he a sir? He's been knighted. Oh, fuck me. I wasn't even aware of that. There was a petition to yeah, get, to get it, uh, undone. Over a million right? signatures, wasn't there? Every yeah. Prime Minister usually gets a knighted at some point. Every ex-prime Even the war criminals after. I know. I can't see uh, Boris Johnson getting a knighthood. Well, nor me. Might be interesting, actually, to see which way that goes, because if William takes the throne after Lizzie dies, although he's still, obviously, a a monarch, he seems a little bit more liberal Normal. some of his views. So it might be interesting to see where that goes. So in 1961, the Americans try and do something about this, and you get the Bay of Pigs fiasco. Now, that is where the US basically got a load of Cuban exiles, the US, the US military, the CIA, trained them, armed them, and said, right, you're going to launch the invasion of Cuba because even though there's been a revolution, we're confident that the majority of people don't want to live under that rule. So we're going to train you guys, a few thousand of them, you're going to storm the beach, the Bay of Pigs, 
and you're going to sort of whip up the population to join you and you're going to overthrow Castro. This wasn't going to work because these guys were, you know, actually a bit iffy. They fled Cuba for not just political reasons, because they were actually wanted for some crimes. It's another thing that Castro did, wasn't it? He emptied, emptied the prisons. Well, they, they were like, oh, you don't like the regime, eh? All right, off your fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and you think anyone... And all the murderers and all the rapists go to America. Yeah. <laughs> pretending, you know, because they're going... that America will welcome them as... I'm a political prisoner. Yeah. I was a political prisoner. Scarface, you've seen Scarface. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, papers or anything, have they? Got, yeah, yeah, exactly. You've seen Scarface, have they, they basically make their own new papers, don't they, yeah. really? Well, they just go, what, what, what you What's got? your name and yeah. things like that? They can tell them anything. Um, what do you want your new name to be? Yeah. That used to be a yeah. question they'd ask you. Well, they changed their name at Ellis Island when they docked in the US. Yeah, yeah. Um, that happened for years. Yeah. And, if they had a Jewish sounding name, that was it. Yeah, they would change that's right. it. That's why you've got lots of Smiths instead of Goldstein, you've got Goldsmith. Right. Uh, basically, Kennedy is being pressured into trying to declare war on Cuba. And this is a little covert attempt that he has sanctioned, but the generals and the Joint Chiefs of Staff, who at this point in time are just. You think they're bad in 2003 for being war hawks? Mm. You've got nothing on these boys, yeah. nothing on them. Mm. Interestingly, Kennedy taped every single one of the conversations he had with the war with the generals in the Oval mm. Office during this period and the Cuban Missile Crisis, and they have zero respect for Kennedy. Because these are all World War Two cigar chomping. I mean, you've got Curtis LeMay, who was head of the US Army Air Force in World War Two. bomb them all, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> you know... Oh. Psychos, these yeah. guys they wanted the showdown with the USSR because yeah. they knew that they, in their head, we're gonna have to fight them one day, we might as well get the first punch in. Well, he was proved right, wasn't he? Not <laughs> Patton in '45 was like, Why are we sending everybody home? We're gonna fight the Reds one day, we might as well do it while everyone's here. He wanted to use tactical nukes, didn't he? No, Patton was dead by then. You're thinking of MacArthur, MacArthur. wanted to use tactical nukes for the Chinese, tiny little Berlin brigade that's stationed there. They're going across the Rhine or the Elbe, I forget which one it is, the Elbe. You fucking saturate that area with these or tactical nuclear weapons, battlefield nukes, mm. because they outnumber you three, four to one. Mm. And then... A bit of a scorched earth approach, isn't it? Basically, yeah. But then West Germany, obviously... Like how it's for thousands of years. <laughs> West Germany, surprisingly, wasn't very happy about yeah. that. And they threatened to pull out of NATO. Not surprising. And, they, and, they, and then they realised that, well, we can't have NATO really without West Germany because that's kind of the whole point of NATO, isn't it? Protect the West. Why did NATO not disband when the Soviet Union disbanded? Because they'd already become too powerful an organisation. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I'm digressing a little bit. The invasion's not going well. The Cubans have met these guys on the beach in the Bay of Pigs and these guys are pinned down. And the generals pressure Kennedy and say, look... They need air support, let us launch US Navy or US Air Force planes to give them air support direct on the beach and Kennedy turns them down. They try and get even just 20 minutes of air support, fly out refuse. He's like, you had your chance, yep. you took your gamble, it failed. I'm Fair not. Enough, I think. I'm well, not. Yeah, because it's a first strike on a, it could start the war between the US and the Soviet Union. Yeah, yeah. kill millions. But don't worry, because we get that the next year, in 1962, with the Cuban Missile Crisis. I apologise if this is turning into a bit of a history lesson, but I have to give the background to understand yep. the point of Operation well, not Northwood. everybody, not everybody know, yeah. knows, so yeah, good. Yeah. 
And then during the Cuban Missile Crisis, leaders of the US and the military statue over the installation of nuclear-armed Soviet missiles on Cuba, just 90 miles from US shores. JFK notified Americans about the presence of the missiles, explained his decision to enact a naval blockade around Cuba, and made it clear the US was prepared to use military force, if necessary, to neutralize this perceived threat to national security. And it wasn't just, remember, Cuba is not just the nuclear weapons. If the Russians started putting troops into Cuba, they could be on American shores where the Americans can mobilize. Mm. They could invade it the good old-fashioned way. Before you know it, you've lost several major ports in Florida and now Alabama. Yeah. The Gulf of Mexico has been blockaded. You've lost your oil. Yeah, it's a good film about the Cuba Missile Crisis. Kevin Costner's in it. Oh yeah. I thought you said it was a good film. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Long live Kevin. Yeah, and, it, and his mother. Mike has a bit of a as long as he does a rerun of. Uh, Everyone forgets that he Robin was in damn good films he at the time. Robin Hood. Yeah. JFK. Yeah. Dances of Wolves. Dances of Wolves. Fucking legend so, film. Um, postman. <laughs> Don't you dare! Put I like the postman. Don't you dare! But the postman. I like the postman. Never seen watched it. Fields of Dreams. Yeah. Is it? Fields Field of, of Dreams. That was that was a good film actually. I did watch that. Just it was diff- It's a different yeah. kind of film, but, but yeah, it's a good film. He made a good film he called Fandango. If anyone's ever seen that, no. Does he say Scaramouche? <laughs> Scaramouche. <laughs> Will you do the Fandango? Mm. And the classic Waterworld. Well, oh yeah, yeah. God, <laughs> fucking Waterworld! That yeah, was that's terrible. That's when it went down a bit. I early. liked Waterworld. I gotta say. Did I, you? Yeah. I, I felt sorry for Dennis Hopper. Yeah. <laughs> With his eye. Yeah. <laughs> I thought just because I thought he was a decent actor previously. I don't, I don't think it's as bad as everyone makes it out to be. Do you know why it's remembered as being a really shit movie? Because it cost a it cost like yeah a ridiculous amount of money for the time. All they needed is a boat in the sea. What the actual fuck? <laughs> they built them that big fuck off tank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Full of water because that's where they filmed Titanic in the end. Huh. Filmed yeah. it in the same tank of water. Yeah. Now Khrushchev, I actually like the Soviet premier Nikita Khrushchev, World War Two veteran, Stalingrad. Obviously, he was uh, some kind of political rank, I think. I'm not sure. I don't know a bunch about that. No, he was there. A little bit more liberal than Stalin. Doesn't take a lot. Doesn't take a lot. <laughs> and he actually really wanted Kennedy in charge of the US. He actually did said to the, the Soviet embassy and the CIA, uh, sorry, the KGB posts in America, look, I want you to do whatever you can to get Kennedy elected. Because mm. he thought this, he could, this was a man he could talk to. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And there may have been a bit of a power play as well because Kennedy was young and inexperienced and Nikita Khrushchev was probably in his 60s at this point and had been playing the game for quite a while. Well, certainly his 50s. Mm. He'd, be, you know, he'd been there from day one of the Red the Revolution virtually. 1894 he was born. So he'd been a teenager during the Russian Revolution. Well, he in his 20s during the Russian Revolution. Yeah. Now, following this news, many people feel the world was on the brink of nuclear war. And then a disaster was avoided when the US agreed to Soviet leader Nikita Khrushchev's offer to remove the Cuban missiles in exchange for the US promising not to invade Cuba. And Kennedy also secretly agreed to remove the US missiles from Turkey. But they put them back in, didn't they? If he did it secretly, probably. I wouldn't like to say, actually, the US doesn't tend to keep nuclear missiles on. I think Reagan put them back in. No, I'd imagine it would have been LBJ after Kennedy put him Uh, in. Because 
That's a lack of pleasure. Like secretly agreed. Well, you you've just put these missiles in. It's cost a lot of money to install these things and ship them there. And now you've got to uninstall them and ship them back. And also, you're not as you know quite on the Soviet border as you wanted to be. But of course, it's not okay for the Russians to be on the border of you. Yeah. <laughs> Classic Roman tactics, isn't it? Those guys over there look dodgy. Better attack them and invade them. <laughs> You'll probably find the uh, missiles were never removed from Turkey. They were just deactivated or something. You'll find. There'll be some little fucking base somewhere that's been covered over a bit. Oh, still got them sat there, deactivated. We can only go historically at this yeah. point and said that he would remove the missiles. And so the silos may have stayed, but the missiles might have been... Or certainly the warheads would have been removed. Yeah, yeah. So this leads us to Operation Northwoods. <laughs> up nine, starts in 1962. Why was it called Northwoods? This is where they just randomly give these names. Yeah. Um, I thought it might have to do Oliver North. No, 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 no. Now, the USA really wants to invade Cuba. Yeah? But we don't go to Operation Northwoods straight away. We've got something called Operation Mongoose. Yes. And that's replace, kill, or diminish Castro's influence. Yep. This was mad. And this is peak Cold War madness, which I love peak Cold yeah. War madness. Like, let's nuke the moon to see what happens. <laughs> right? They were going to put exploding seashells, which had been placed by US Navy divers at Castro's favourite beach. Let's not forget exploding cigars, obviously, yeah. the big one. My favourite, <laughs> as you know, I'm not going to do my favourite yet, training one of his ex-lovers to murder him during sex. It's mm. a way to go. And my personal favourite is basically giving Castro high levels of chemicals and oestrogen to yeah. make his hair fall out and give him tits. Yeah. Which would lose his manly, rugged persona. <laughs> that is just genius and madness rolled into one ball and thrown into a CIA pitch meeting. Let's how give him they, estrogen. How would they execute My work has been tasting funny recently. <laughs> Take well, his water supply. They'd yeah. have the, the I don't know whether that's they... how they speak. Um, I do apologise. Sounded a bit Russian. I know, it did. Uh, I, I do apologise. I guess the idea is that they would um, flip someone on the in the inside, a maid or uh, someone, yeah. like that, give them a lot of money. Start, you know, that, I, I imagine that was the plan. You know, but then it's like, then the Joint Chiefs got this report. The Joint Chiefs of Staff, the top generals of all the US armed services are there, the top guys. And they're like, but why go out? They have extreme lengths. Cuba's a nail. We're a hammer. And we're at the minute, in 1962, we're a pretty good hammer. The biggest hammer. We're one of the largest powerful militaries on the planet. He's got a point, hasn't he? And what happens to nails? They get hammered, mm. much like me during this podcast. <laughs> mm. And that's when you come to Operation Northwoods because they're like, right, let's not dabble with any of that weird crap. Oh, the exploding cigars, yeah, he likes a cigar. Might get in that way. Apparently would have never worked. Why? Charge wasn't big enough. Uh, Might have injured him, yeah. but the heat from the cigar would always set it off prematurely. Uh, mm. uh, not a good idea then. So it would have never worked. The USA really wants to invade Cuba and topple Castro. Certainly, anyway, let's not say America, let's not say the USA, let's not say Kennedy. Their military does. Because these point, these boys are fucking war hawks. Mm. I can't overstate this enough. Well, they want the big showdown. They've got not... all this kit, they've got all this lovely, shiny new kit, these jet fighters, 
these thermonuclear weapons, these automatic weapons, these brand new tanks. It's almost like a warm-up to Vietnam. So it wasn't far off this lot, was well, it? Well, in 1962, you started to escalate in Vietnam. Yeah. Remember, they went in there as advisors, advisors to the French, weren't it? Advisors to the South Vietnamese. Ah, uh, because the French had the French had already got their the ass French kicked by this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Brief history of that, very brief, off the top of my head, is that the Russians had occupied the uh, North and the Allies had occupied the South. It was returned to France after the war because it was a former French colony. The North basically kind of it's much the same as the they do with the americans they infiltrate people in they fought this guerrilla war they did actually take the french on the french lost withdrew even for the french though they had some badass moments during that did they yeah they did they put up a good fight i'll give them that but no western army at the time could that's take not them. been said very much is it ever in history yeah, that's <laughs> because the french were dominant military power for a good no, three four hundred years yeah, in europe Napoleon. Napoleon era. Before that, Middle Ages. Yeah. You know, yeah, they've um, got Gauls. Nah, they got pissed over by the Romans. Yeah, yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, they got enslaved by them and shit, yeah. Forgot about that. Ave Caesar. Roma Victor. But how would you launch an invasion and topple a regime whilst keeping your good guy image? Because at this point to the world, you're the good guy. Yeah. You stepped in and kicked Hitler up the arse. You beat those dastardly Japanese who threw in a sucker punch against you. And not not just that, the Marshall Plan. The Marshall Plan as well, remember? They rebuilt Europe. Yeah, they're rebuilding Europe. They've given trillions yeah. in aid. They did the Berlin airlift where they were flying bombers in, dropping food, coal supplies, yeah. warm clothes into Berlin in the middle of a Soviet winter blockade. I can't remember that was Khrushchev or Stalin now, actually. Was that Roosevelt with the Marshall Plan? He was dead by then, wasn't he? No, it would have been Truman. Yeah. But General Marshall was the yeah General Marshall was the guy that basically came up with it. He's like, look, we need to turn these guys into allies so this doesn't happen again. We don't want another Treaty of Versailles. We don't want another Treaty of Versailles. We need to actively help them to rebuild. Yeah. Yeah, one of the best things Americans have ever done. Yes, absolutely. Applaud it. But the Cuban government, remember, right, stood nothing to the US. All it's done is reach out to a foreign power for aid and agreed a military treaty with them, which is no different than the Americans or the West has done with NATO or any other defence pacts they've become part of. Yeah, the Americans, were, like I said, had that military dictatorship, didn't they? Of Cuba. They, they, they certainly propped it up. Yeah. They gave them the, the weapons and, and the funds to probably because it was beneficial to America. American companies. It wasn't the, the basic banana wars at the turn of the, the, the 20th century where the Americans got involved in South America it was because of um, some can United f- Fruit. United Fruit. <laughs> it's mad. But at this point, it's about fear and it's selling this fear. You need to sell a fear of Cuba to the population, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, they've got, the Reds have got Russians, they're Reds, they're going to use this as a springboard for invasion. Or leave our, you know, or take out our first strike capability. So back to my original question. How would you start a war and still be a good guy? False flags. Well, by only starting the war by retaliation because of... Yeah, a false flag. Yeah, yeah. But they've already gone in with these. They've already gone in with them... No, they were Cuban exiles. They were trained by the Americans, but for all... The world knew at this point. They were just uprising inside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No Americans actually invaded. 
Which is why Kennedy wouldn't, war, which it? is why Kennedy wouldn't have the airstrikes. The yeah, U.S. Yeah. couldn't be seen to getting directly involved. As mm. far as the world knows, as far as the Cubans know, these are guys that fled after Castro lost. Uh, sorry, Castro won. They're on the losing side, and they've teamed up, trained, and come back. Joint chiefs get to work, and originally they just want to bomb Castro, have it done, surgical strike, bomb his house, done, job done. Can't do it. You need an excuse, don't you? It's problematic. So they came up with a sneakier plan, but they still wanted to use the US military. The US needs an excuse to invade Cuba. So Operation Northern has drawn up as a series of false flag operations to get public opinion to shout for war against Cuba. You want to attack the American nation and have everybody blame the Cubans for it. <laughs> and they had a few ideas. And this is all legit. It's typed out in the Operation Northwoods documents. The reason this didn't come out, it's only come out in the last sort of years, 10, 15 years, is because no one was spending their time pouring through released documents. I'm not going to give them all titties and then say that there's a whole, <laughs> a whole, like, whole cube has got titted men that are going to infiltrate the US. Mm. They do it on papers, don't they? They dump it all in big batches. Yeah. So you've got to sift through it to find the good stuff. And, it, you know, there's literally hundreds of thousands of pages which yeah. you're going through reading every page it took years at this point mm. so let's start with the first one which is attack the guantanamo bay naval base which is a obviously we if you don't know what guantanamo bay is it's a u.s naval base it's still there in cuba i don't know why it's been allowed to stay there i don't know if they leased it i have no idea got any prisoners in it they used to put the terror suspects there because they could torture them in cuba i think they might still be i don't know if that base is put money on it then it is still up and running yeah put money on that definitely obama tried to shut that shit down they called it too it was i don't know if it's still going or not i think it is it's probably they've probably still got some kind of naval presence there now, the idea is that um, they either attack the base with disguised commandos, killing your own service people in the process, remember, or by dropping mortars on the base from afar, destroying aircraft and equipment, material. It says it's open now. Mm. <laughs> Guantanamo Bay. It's open now. Bookings. Bookings. Guantanamo Bay, they Naval now, Base Cuba. <laughs> Can you go for a visit? Add full hours, apparently. It says it is. United States military prison located in Guantanamo Bay. Right. So obviously it's still operating. Yep. Now remember they also illegally. Yeah. Now also, agents inside the base were also potentially trying to destroy aircraft or even sink a US Navy ship, which would be full of sailors at that point. Been mm. done before, sinking in the Lusitania. I was going to say, the, I don't know if you ever heard of the Remember the Maine incident. No. It's, it's kick-started the, the Spanish-American War. Oh, yeah. When there was a US battleship, the USS Maine, it was actually called in at Havana, of all places, in Cuba, and it exploded. 260 American sailors died, and there was, it was the rallying cry to declare war on Spain. Remember the Maine! Hmm. Oh. If you look back in history, most wars have started with a false flag. Gulf of Tonkin, Vietnam. Mm. It's unbelievable. Nine well, it led to, the, led to the escalation. But it just goes to show how much people, normal people, don't want war. It's these psychopaths have to engineer it. Yeah. Well, it makes you wonder about 9 11. <laughs> well, I want to talk about that. Lots, at the end, of, yeah. Lots of theories on that. Well, we'll save that for the we'll end. We'll save that for the end because I want to ask you what else you think they've probably done. <laughs> <laughs> 
We've got all and, night. <laughs> 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 Tonight's Friday. The USS Maine incident, remember the Maine, was also probably a false flag. The thing is that this scenario is a blame falls on the Cuban military. Number two, and this is the worst one. Right, I'm throwing this in early. The Pentagon fosters a homegrown terrorist campaign against Miami, Washington and other cities. The blame would fall on Cuban refugees living in the US. This would include the gunning down of American civilians in the streets and the planting of bombs in public places. And this would whip up public support for war. With Made in Cuba written on it, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Like a little Acme fucking bomb. <laughs> maybe they leave some Cuban passports behind. Just, just a little bit frazzled. Yeah. Maybe maybe well protected or something by something like metal that would have made sure that they were preserved in the <laughs> fire. Oh, it just so happens they were eating a sandwich that was ripped in, wrapped in really thick tin foil and it protected them. <laughs> They'll never explain that, but they don't have to anymore. That's the thing, bro. Right. Number three. Lord, actually, let's talk about number two more. Isn't that just 9-11? Uh, well... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What we're saying, yeah. <laughs> Whips up public support for war. Yeah. It's... Next one, sorry. Number three. Launch missiles against real or simulated boats of refugees. Blame Castro. Yep. Okay. Builds up public support. Look at that evil man's doing yeah. just off our coast. And with the media. Yeah. I can make it stick. Of course. Number four. Now, Cuba. One of communism's most successful exports, apart from the AK-47, is communism. <laughs> You'd argue lots of places decided to give it a go. And the domino theory does hold sway in that, because Castro, once he'd gone full Marxist-Leninist, decided to try and support communist uprisings in other South American countries. Yeah. So he was shipping them arms and giving them money, trading their guys. Like Chile, America were Chilean places yeah. like that, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Bolivia and that. Yeah. Bolivia. All and America, America. Just trying to counter yeah. it themselves. Yeah, so they would support the government. Usually far right psychopaths Usually. would end up having death squads when they got Chil power. The Chileans had it yeah. rough. They mm. fucking F did. Really. They had their own 9 really 11. And it was worse than. They were having like proper, almost concentration camps. Like, oh, you've just disappeared. It was fucked up hundreds of people were getting lined up and shot into big graves and that and, and it really it was yeah they had it rough as yeah. fuck there but it wasn't it's communism. the only one i know about but <laughs> no that's a dictatorship that's different yeah it wasn't communism so americans backed it yeah at this point while all this is happening what's going wrong in cuba you, you said before that you know people's quality of life uh, you know. Nothing's really going wrong in Cuba. They're recovering from a revolution. They're, they're rebuilding. It's called a tactical area of importance or something along them lines, you find. They wanted Cuba. America wanted Cuba. They didn't want the End of. That's all they wanted. Because yeah. it's a great little tactical island 90 miles off their coast where they can do what the fuck they want and in very, very secret... You know what I mean? They could They could transform it into a military base if they wanted. Well, you would, got to see what they were seeing. It would yeah, it's America's sphere. Obviously, that's purely my theory. America's sphere influence, isn't it? Well, why yeah. didn't they North just make Latin friends America. with them instead of making enemies then? Because they're communists. Can't be seen to be friends yeah. with the communists. Remember, they based Cold their, Wars on, isn't their, it? Cold Wars on, and they based their whole foreign policy on stopping communism. Yeah. And they also want to make sure that the Russians 
can't get their grips onto it either. Or well, the USSR. Did, yeah, they did anyway. You know, they were still giving them money and support. And well, hey, I think they got the AK-47s from. <laughs> the, only, the only tourists allowed into Cuba were Russian and East German. All right. Okay, yeah, no. they're, only, they're only from the Eastern Bloc. The US had a blockade of Cuba for, till 2015. Yeah. My friend went on a tour of the Caribbean, a sort of area, and they stopped in at Cuba, and then they went on to Miami where they flew from home. It was his honeymoon. And they weren't allowed to bring anything Cuban onto the ship because it was going to dock in America. You're not like Cuban cigars. Oh, cigars. Oh, yeah. You know the last thing Kennedy imported from Cuba before he declared the blockade? A box of cigars. A box of cigars. <laughs> Still sits on the White House yeah. desk to this day. That box. box yeah. mm. My sister went to Cuba, got me back some Cuban cigars. Cubans are beautiful. Roll yeah. them the thighs of virgins. <laughs> <laughs> My friend Lee had some as well. He went out there for his dad's wedding. Smooth. They were a little bit dry, to be honest, because they were the best quality of Cuban cigars, so they weren't... Oh, they weren't rolled in thighs of virgins. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe they'd had one or two cocks at them. Pilots. But no. The cigars or the... They're rolled against a man's thigh and just rolled it. They've had a few cocks against them. Roll it with his penis, that'll do. Gives it the shape. Why are my cigars cock-shaped? There's some woman's like, this one's got a bend in it. Tastes like cock. Maybe they can with the ladies. But no, no, it was an alright cigar, but it was a bit dry. If I definitely got that if it was fresh... It would have been mint. Mm. It would have been lovely. But it, I love a good cigar. Yeah, it's yeah. Nice. I can't even remember when. I think we smoked it for his bachelor party, maybe. But yeah, yeah, they're all right. We looked. We must have looked silly out the nightclub with these big cigars. <laughs> Why not? So what's next? Number five. There's more. There's more. <laughs> to finish off point four, basically the US is going. Look at Cuba fermenting all that unrest. We're going to invade them just to keep the peace. <laughs> no. Uh, number five, a MiG-type aircraft, a Soviet-built yeah. uh, MiG fighters, uh, all very good aircraft actually, could be used to harass civilian aircraft or attack shipping. Blame on the Cubans. Mm. And they came to the point where well, it probably cost us a lot of money to get hold of a MiG. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we'll mock up a replica. Mm. We can do it in about something like six weeks. Well, they just use a, an already developed aeroplane and just make it look a little bit more like yeah. a... Like All tricks Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have six and seven are a little similar. It's either the shooting down of a disguised airliner, the plane would actually be a US military plane painted up, and it would be remotely piloted. The US public would be told the plane was full of US students. And, they, and it was remotely destroyed, but not before a recording was sent out telling the world, because the world could then tell America, that it was under attack by Cuban MiGs. Uh, shady. Mm. <laughs> the oh, the planet was similar to that. It's it, laughable though, isn't it? I, I don't mean, I'm not laughing because if it ever did happen, bloody hell. But, oh, it is laughable, isn't it? The yeah. way the, it's. It's yeah. almost like bloody playground like in nursery pranks it's just like stupid silly silly I, I don't know yeah, it's the just fact, the fact that they mock up yeah, the whole plane yeah know. yeah but it's, it's so Psychopathic childish as well 
very much. What so. kind of psychos? It's like a fucking James Bond, an early yeah. James Bond episode. You know what I mean? Like sixties yeah. James Bond. Well, the bit was similar to this. There was a slight variation of the plan, where a plane full of agents would be tourists. They would be flown up and then go, oh no, we're under attack, that plane will be replaced, shut down, and they would land safely in their airport and go back to their previous aliases, aliases, or anuses. They certainly were anuses. They certainly were. The number eight goes along a similar thing, but instead of the passenger jet, you do it with a US Navy jet. I'm flying off the coast of Cuba, oh, I'm under attack by MiGs. They, they went to the point of like they would mock up the numbers on the back, the pilot would have an assumed name, he would fly out, they would then replace it with a drone, he would fly back to base, he would just go back to his alias and his unit, they would repaint the plane, the drone is being flown, that gets it remotely detonated, and then they go to the effort, this is what I love about this, they go to the effort, they have a submarine off the coast, right, to leave jet parts, huh. And a parachute off the coast of Cuba just to add to the deception. So they service a submarine, throw a load of wreckage out with a number of this plane on it, put a parachute down in the water, tie, tie, it tie again. some dog tags to the parachute. <laughs> you know, it's crazy, isn't it? Yep. And this is the generals, right? And then they take this plan to JFK, who takes one look at it <laughs> and goes. Well, I don't know what his reaction was, but I'm going to say it's along the lines of no. Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want me to gun down American citizens and blow them up in their own streets? You'd like to hope. Why didn't he that's fire him? That's what he thought. He did. He did. Yeah. He oh. fired the chief general, the head of the, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, which is a general uh, Limeitzer, Lemonitzer or something like that. Yeah, that, I, was, I could say it earlier. Yeah. I was looking at it going, I he, say this he was literally just appalled at the lengths they go to just to have a war. Yeah. I'd, I'd have been like, you having a laugh. Mm. <laughs> the thing is, he's talking to Khrushchev about this, him and him talked a lot. I doubt you talked to him about that. He didn't talk to him about that, but he was doing all this back channel stuff, yeah. talking to Khrushchev, all right, we'll take the missiles out, but don't tell anyone, and we'll let you save a bit of face by saying you're going to remove them rather than us, and we won't invade. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, both men realised that they were very rapidly, they'd already hit the brink. Yep. It's the closest the world's ever closest come. Closest the world's ever come, and it could have turned very nasty, a misinterpreted order. It could have been anything. And in fact, I think there was something. Yeah, there was something about some ships wouldn't turn back, uh, wouldn't they? Um, one of the submarine commanders, his equipment failed, and they just had a, like a scrambled message that they could make out the word launch if necessary. Mm. I think some Russian ship didn't get their memo and kept going. That's right, yeah. And they were just about to open fire on it when it's the rest of the ships managed to signal it or something. Yeah, I'll have yeah, a look yeah. into that, actually. Yeah. It's in that film I watched it's with what, Kevin Costner. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's also in X-Men First Class is it? <laughs> it is they, they feature the Cuban no, Missile Crisis do, so alright then with the lengths that they're prepared to go to yeah yeah which let's face it going through the, my top worst easily is state sponsored terrorism against your own people yep that's just horrible isn't it yeah it's but just, I believe they've done every that. one of those scenarios 9-11. Every yeah. one of those scenarios. It kept skirting around it earlier. Let's yeah, crash it, it out now. It makes 9-11 even more... Believable. Plausible. Plausible yeah. as a false flag. Yeah. Because sure. they 
fucked this shit up before, trying yeah. to get it passed. And I imagine if it wasn't JFK, imagine it was Nixon, he may have gone for it. He probably would have done. Well, Cheney went for it. I don't know how, Bush, yeah. how much Bush knew about it, but Cheney definitely went for it. And remember who was in charge on the day of 9-11? Dick yeah, Cheney. Could have just gone, I'm in charge tomorrow. You know what to do. Maybe they were remote controlled planes. Listening I still to think this. personally they were planes. That, but they knew it was going to happen. It was orchestrated. Yeah, they knew it was going to happen. Was. And they let it happen. In my opinion, purely just my opinion, they rigged the towers as well. Yeah. Like, they knew they were going into the towers. Those towers could have withstood that. Yeah. I they were the buildings gone down. down. No, they were built in the 70s. No, the buildings gone down like that. Because no other buildings been at a full pelt they by are, a But they were on about like, the temperatures gone. that would need be yeah. needed to melt the metal frame and the thickness of the steel girders. It doesn't have to, to melt, these. it only has to sag. Yeah, but it was and what, they can't support the weight above it. And but it's from what, doing they, the same. what they saw of the wreckage down below, what was left. Yes, they found that, all these yeah. melted bits of metal, and they're thinking, well, how did these melt? Because the temperature from aviation fuel doesn't get that high. They were saying these are hey, like these are like temperatures well, that are closer to thermite. Now. And they were saying that there was a. This, uh, I don't this understand just, why you, you, you this believe. This is a theory. Because I don't know that the towers have to come down. You believe in the theory? Of course they had to come down. It's yeah, yeah, that, that, Solomon, isn't it? Oh, well, if you're on the occult side of things, and I'm down for it, yeah. they had to come they down. Who's the, the attack? If if they hadn't come down, it would not have had the gravitas that it had. Yeah. The fact that the two towers were no longer there, that was the scene of New York at the end of the day. That was any, yeah, yeah. any New York scene yeah. had the mm. two towers in it. No, There's no two ways about that. And New York is like the biggest, powerful, known city in the world. It was one of them. Yeah, they knew that if they, they had to bring them down to give that impact because every person in the world wanted them to go to war. I think what Mike's getting at, uh, Ben, is you're on the conspiracy sort of bandwagon, but you you still go with the pancake theory. Yeah, you we don't went, believe we in this. We What's three, the pancake uh, theory? What's that? The the weight would yeah. just bring the next one no, down uh, again. I believe that as well, mm-hmm. but I've what... seen different theories on it, and one of the theories is that it was actually things were planted in yeah. there, and that, I didn't find plan. that quite believable. And I have seen footage where they've slowed it down, and it does look like you see little yeah. explosions it going. That that could be explained by the pancake theory because that is all the because dust coming yeah, from inside, debris being thrust no. out the sides as each successive thing collapses. No, why would it go from the, the to the top? They were popping before they were falling. Like, yeah, uh, and it wasn't it going from the bottom to the top, if I remember. It might have been. The, firemen, the point is, we're not here to discuss what made the towers fall. No, we've been through this anyway. We've been through this. It was years ago I watched this, but it's just we're not here to discuss it. We all. Think that makes 9/11 more likely. Yeah, definitely. Knowing yeah. this, and this is legit. Job. This is most conspiracy theories. There's always kernels of truth. This is, unless these documents are hoaxed, which is very, very unlikely. And I haven't seen anything on the net or heard anything about it. These are legit documents released in a mass batch by the U.S. government, and someone took years to find them and went, "Holy fuck! Oh. They were seriously planning that." Yeah. Thank God Kennedy was in fucking charge. He wasn't a lunatic. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why he that's died, why he and that's killed. another fucking. That's, that's why he was shot. And this leads. Yeah. To, that's the thing. This whole document is the 
turning point of where the governments have gone, you know what, we could do this on a big, bigger scale than we've ever done before at this point. We're the most powerful nation in the world. Yeah. But you still need public opinion to go to war. Of course. Because the public's going to fight that war. It's all about while you sitting there in your in your armchair watching the battle. Yeah. If you can't sell the war, they won't buy it, will they? No. And look at the misinformation campaign before the Iraq war. Yeah. Massive. Saddam could hit Europe in 30 minutes or 60 minutes with his yeah. nuclear weapon tipped. Oh, the media are complicit. WMD tipped fucking warheads. media are complicit in holding these psychopaths in power. It's because they, own, they yeah. probably own the media, yeah. don't they? They do they? own so the media, or the media pays them. I mean, look at, uh, let's say allegedly before this, but, you know, Michael Gove is basically Rupert Murdoch's dog in Parliament. It's the adverts as well. He's owned. He's that guy's owned by Murdoch, basically. Yeah. You vote how I tell you to vote. You watch CNN and that they get a lot of adverts from Boeing and North Northrop. Northrop, yeah. The two mm-hmm. American military, well, American aviation companies, where they, yeah. they sell massive amounts of the U.S. military. Dick Cheney was sat on the wood of Halliburton, which several arms manufacturers, including the one that made the Bradley fighting vehicle, which got blown up fucking on the regular in Iraq because it's not very good. Mm. You know, so but they do. Oh, we'll just make some upgrades to it and charge them more, and we'll keep upgrading it because it's clearly not going for the job until we come out with a new one, which we'll buy. Yeah. They got a billion dollar contract with no tenders put out to supply the oil pipelines to Iraq because they had ties to these pipes. Dick Cheney sat on the board of them. He resigned with a very nice severance package in the millions to go and be VP for four years, and then what did he do? Went back to the board. <laughs> yeah. The corruption spreads, it's come to the point where the, the generals want war as well, but now the politicians do. The generals are all massive egos, you've got nuclear hard-ons, they've got their shiny new yeah. kit and they want to use it. And the politicians have got major donors like the arms industry, yeah. that are pushing for war. Is it, it's all corrupt, isn't it? Is it Bill Hicks when they were doing, he was at the first school for, and he's like, the generals are sat there going, hey, what's this one, uh, this man, let me pick it up. 14B, what's that one do? Yeah. Push the button, missile launches, <laughs> takes out like a tank, and cool. <laughs> what's the next one? They had all this shiny new kit and they wanted to use it and yeah. then go back to the 1950s when you've just got jet fires and fucking missiles and, and nuclear weapons and hydrogen weapons, thermonuclear weapons. You want to fucking try some of it out. And that these are all World War II guys. You know, they still have the thirst for blood. Still have it. <laughs> it's mental. And then after Kennedy, Eisenhower literally came in and left power and said, beware the military-industrial complex <laughs> yeah. in his leaving speech. Right? Kennedy comes in, clearly does become aware of the military-industrial complex because he want, doesn't want to go to war with anybody. He wanted to dismantle it. He wanted to dismantle the CIA. He said they've got too much yeah. power for a start. And then and That's why they bumped him off. I wonder why he didn't survive very long. Yeah. So and now, do you reckon that every president that gets into power, like day one, the generals take him into a room, show him a video of JFK getting murdered, and say that'll happen to you if you don't do what we say? Where's that from? That's from some comedy guy. It might be. <laughs> might be uh, that might be Bill Hicks, actually. I think, Bill Hicks, I think that yeah. is Bill Hicks. Yeah. Yeah, he is. <laughs> take him into a room, that's all happening. Don't listen to us. Yeah. This is the nexus back to my original, to bring it full circle, back to my po- original, original point. Okay, to conclude then. To conclude, this is the daddy 
of all modern conspiracy. Everything comes from this. The circles within circles of the greatest democracy in the world at the time, alleged democracy, we'll say it is at the time, you've now got generals who are coming up with plans to kill their own citizens. Just so to the go Americans to war. sort of invented the and conspiracy the, the theory. Well, they pushed it. The CIA pushed it. They wanted to discredit people. They wanted that term banded about so they could discredit them. But as we see, conspiracies do happen. And this one, it's legit. Mm -hmm. They had this plan, they were going to do it, they wanted to do it. Yeah. And it got to the president, who at the time, like you say, it was Kennedy, he wasn't a complete sociopath, was like, no! Go fuck yourselves, you're not doing that. Well, just go, you want to go to war that much, you're willing to kill American civilians on their own in their own homes. So we can go to war. How insane is that? Yeah, and most and then, people go yeah. around and they wouldn't even believe, they wouldn't even dream this up, no. their government would think this kind of shit up. That's it. Right. And there was that guy's name? Leitzheimer, something like that, Le Lemonzheimer. Sounds a bit German to me. Mm. Well, you know what I mean. Tooth, well, was that a bit of his own payback kind no, of thing? No, well, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure a good uh, one third of Americans come from German stock anyway. So when they, they did the American Declaration of Independence, there was a vote on which language should have been the principal language of America: yeah. English or German. There were so many German Close, settlers. It? it was, I think, it might have been the old fifty-one forty-nine kind mm. of scenario going on for English. So imagine if. World War One happens, and then we've got America as a German-speaking nation. Yeah, the West side of Hitler. The West, oh, well, <laughs> I don't, it wouldn't have got to Hitler because we'd have lost World War One. Oh yeah, <laughs> straight away. Yeah, certainly if if we hadn't, if they'd have, cause World they'd be, War Two would have definitely lost. They'd have been more likely to get involved in, on the side of a German-speaking nation, yeah, wouldn't they? Yeah, history could have been very, very different. On a, that was some universe that happened. It's the man in the high castle scenario. Yeah. Except it wasn't invaded. And on that bombshell. And on that bombshell. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Ben. You can follow us on SoundCloud at Cutting the Bull in the PTA. I've done some fucked up facts. Oh, if you want to, yeah. Okay, can we have the jingle, please? Facts, facts, fucked up facts. Pete, I thought you were. Facts. I thought you were going to go all the way. <laughs> Operatic, so I sort of was trying to match it a little bit. We good? <laughs> Next time. <laughs> okay, ants have social networks which involve them communicating through vomiting into each other's mouths. Mm, nice! Still better than Facebook. <laughs> yes. That is like vomiting in your own mouth quite often, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Looking at Facebook. <laughs> Swallow it. <laughs> Silverfish drink by sucking in moist air through their rectums. <laughs> well, who hasn't done it at some point, eh? Do you know what? I saw a silverfish about, I don't know, about four months ago for the first time in donkey's years. What's a silverfish? I kind of forgot they existed. They're these tiny little insecty things that tend to live in like school bathrooms and damp like really mm. that's what I remember seeing it as a kid you'd always see them in the, in the school toilets and, and they come across the floor and they look like fish but look, oh, oh, I know little, what you're on about they've got a little silver shimmer to them yes I know what you're on about they're like creepy as fuck bathroom I don't know if any I don't know if any foreign listeners will, will, will understand what we're saying but 
We usually get these little tiny little eely things. I wonder if there's a proper name for them, whether that's silverfish uh, is silverfish, like a Silverfish, the come silverfish and you don't see them anymore. That's yeah, true. I saw one a few months right. back at Iceland in the toilet Iceland. I was like, ah, no way, a silverfish. I haven't seen one of them for donkeys. <laughs> uh, yeah, just, sorry, what was the fact? Sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> they drink by breathing in moist air for yeah. their rectum. That's wow. what that is. Fucking hell. And it is an insect. No, wouldn't they fucking di- they wouldn't have died off. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? They are called silverfish. That's the name. That's it. No, so wouldn't they fucking dying out? Mm-hmm. That's the only way you can drink is by fucking inhaling water out of your ass. What causes silverfish in your house? Being uh, a dirty bastard. An abundance of food and a lack of predators, I guess. Oh, there you go. Um, and they just like damp hiding places, dark so damp put hiding the places. On. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're, the they're weird little things, aren't they? They are. Next. Even weirder now we know how they drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. According to documents provided by his son, Nostradamus came up with his prophecies during trance sessions. I don't think that means the music. Kind of trance, yeah. Induced by nutmeg, which can cause hallucinations oh, if consumed in large quantities. Oh. Might explain one or two things. Witness I've that always myself. said that Nostradamus was full of shit, so yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Nostradamus. Yeah, go back and listen to that, by the way. What, yeah. what was, our, was your thing great? Full of shit? I think it was full of shit, yeah. Mm. Nostradamus, the guy that did all the predictions and that. And so called predictions. He's had a few. Kind of right, a little bit. No, no. he hasn't. No, no not even. Lo- not no, you can't even. The translations are even right. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's, so he, it's it's written in a dialect of medieval French that very few people speak, and, and the way they interpreted it to make yeah. out like he has. Oh, he predicted the First World War and the Second World War, and you, 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 he predicted Titanic and, you, you and you a make, big earthquake. They're making things fit to very right. vague general statements about stuff that may or may not happen. Fit in their want of agenda, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, fair enough. I've never, I've never looked into it, but mm. that's all I know of Nostradamus. Go back and listen. Yeah, yeah, I will. <laughs> Go back and listen. I will do. I don't do prophecy. No. You make your own fucking prophecy, don't you? At that's the end it. of the day, you make your own will and way throughout life. You can change your mind as and when you want. That's so, it. do what you want to do. Pre-written bullshit. <laughs> According to a study by the University of Liverpool and Liverpool John Moores University. Oh, you're old alumni. Old alumni. All right, Dad, knock And that kid. Mate, Stanley. <laughs> Mike went to uh, Sir John Moores University. I did. Sir John Moore, very uh, famous okay. soldier in the Peninsula War. Killed by a cannonball at his famous victory. It's the way I'm going to die. Killed by a cannonball? Yeah. <laughs> at the site of your most famous victory? Yep. Were you held off Napoleon himself? Well, no, he's long dead. <laughs> Where is his reanimated corpse? Who's to see what's going to happen? <laughs> well, according to this study, all cats have an element of psychopathy. We Psychopath- knew that, didn't we? Psychopathy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, psychopathy. Psychopathy. That means they're psychopaths. That, that causes oh, right, no right. surprise to yeah. me at all. That's why they you just... You have to say it like that when you say it in sentence like that, isn't it? That's why you can't they... say psychopathy. No, it's, called, it's pronounced psychopathy. Yeah. That, so, that comes as no surprise to me whatsoever. Yeah, well, they, they, no. they kill 
needlessly, don't they? And things uh, like that. Just for fun, yeah. Yeah, like little, and they'll play with the mouse as if yeah. killing it, and, and the bird. And if you or stroke whatever. them, they'll just turn on you. Yeah, one minute they're like, oh, "I love you," and rip your hand off. Yeah. Can't rub their belly, even though they offer it to you. Just a ploy. And when you try and stick your finger up their bum, they really don't like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, and Steve. Joe. They don't mind your cock, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I almost feel. So to go there. Oh my! God. I have to learn the same. I always, I always feel very sorry for Chester. This makes think I take Max to the vets to get his boosters. Oh, the other weekend. And every time he's at that boy's over in the vets, he's had a thermometer up his ass. Uh, and now he just walks sits. into the office and sits yeah. down immediately. Uh, brilliant. <laughs> he's a dopey bastard. We speak about him. How have they come to that conclusion? Do you know? Is it no. safe? No. They just did a study, so I don't know how they did enough. it. That's their conclusion. Like, they just like went in there and just. <laughs> You're a psycho! <laughs> Fair enough. They do show a lot of trades of it. Yeah. They, they stuck a bunch of... It was Liverpool, wasn't it? Yeah, so they stuck a bunch of cats in a little pen, chucked a couple of Stanley knives in there and went, right, let's watch what they do. And the cats were like, ey, ey, meow, meow, you better make Stanley, meow. <laughs> and stabbing up each other like, like Calm they do. down, calm down. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny, calm down. One of them had a really big perm. <laughs> uh, sorry, Skills. He's got a great football team, though. We're only joking. <laughs> in December, 40 camels were disqualified from a beauty <laughs> this pageant. This is already funny, sorry. <laughs> sorry, go on. 40 camels were disqualified from a beauty pageant <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> so let's break this down. Right. Oh, shit. Because this is fascinating. Mm. Now, was it a beauty, a mixed beauty pageant? <laughs> or was it a beauty pageant just for camels? Just for camels, I'm imagining. Were the women there too? Crikey. Were they just were they males disguised as people? Were they camels in drag? That's really no. tickled me that has. That's tickled you. Wait till you find out the reason why they were disqualified. <laughs> okay. right. They've received Botox and fillers to appear oh more beautiful. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> you know, fillers in their lips and people <laughs> like See I lived in Saudi Arabia for four years. You did, didn't you? And um, so I, I can I can really picture it and mm. I know what they're like about Don't their camels. Got sort of thing. What, the camels or the Arabs? <laughs> Most Arabs, yes. And camels, all sport that no. fine Saddam moustache, <laughs> don't they? I mean, oh, he had some good dear. facial hair. We'll go back to the original, you know. Especially when they found him. That was a awesome beard. Oh, it, was no, it was no Fidel beard. <laughs> that was not. The moustache, one of the finest dictator moustaches. It's up there. Up there with... Maybe Hitler's? No, 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 that was always a terrible moustache. <laughs> yeah, but it, yeah, but it, it did what it was meant to do. It made him stand out. It did, it did. It. For effect, it gets a 10 out of 10. For yeah, appearance, yeah. it's a minus 10. Yeah, but if you think about it, nobody's ever been out of sport it since. That one he <laughs> killed it. He killed it. He it killed the must- was- He killed the Charlie Chaplin. Because that's two where and done. It. Yeah, two and done. He lived in Chaplin, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Because he was a massive Charlie Chaplin fan, yeah. wasn't he? And yeah. And Although I do believe that Richard Herring brought it back for a while, didn't he? Oh, he tried to. Very briefly, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah that, that's a few mad, times. though. That's mad. The beauty. Co- See, I knew they. I know they hold different contests, but I never realised that they did beauty contests. Maybe that's a new thing. Certainly, giving them Botox. That's I mean, just. 
you know, there's a certain stereotype about people in the Middle Eastern world that's often poked fun at in meme form on some forums on the internet about them having carnal relations with their favoured animals, goats, donkeys, camels. Could there be an element of truth well, to that stereotype? Well, who's judging this, for one? And how, That's how a valid do you point. Judge? Who's, judging the, who's judging the beauty contest? But then how do you judge the beauty of a camel? Like, well, that, well, that, 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 the beauty of the dogs. That's it. Yeah, yeah Claire's right. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. My old dog got second most beautiful bitch <laughs> in Shropshire. You're a beautiful bitch, but only number two. You're my number two beautiful bitch. <laughs> Pepper so, Jack. Yeah. So. Who yeah, judge, did did Pepper Jack judge that? Oh, yeah. yeah, I know. But <laughs> to give them Botox as well. How do you? <sighs> Maybe it's like a. <sighs> Like, like, with, like with displaying a dog, maybe there's certain traits that a pedigree camel, let's say, should have. So, oh, well, its lips big aren't quite... Lips. Yeah, maybe it should have big floppy lips. I don't know. A set of humps. But, yeah. yeah, maybe something like that. Maybe they're judged on, on how they stand, as they give them fillers, the or how they should be. How maybe. big their nipples are. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> How much camel toes showing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe the hooves are um, painted. Have to shine them hooves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, it's I'm, a full. See, I'm picturing it in my head, right? I'm picturing. Are you picturing camels I, still in the high legs and bikinis? I remember when I lived in Kamis Moshe, which is a very rural part. It was certainly a very rural part of Saudi Arabia thirty years ago. And I remember you'd go out to like the outskirts of the town. And you'd have like some kind of cattle <coughs> thing. There'd be like like a like, almost like a cattle market. I, I'm, I'm picturing that with all all the Arabs in their white and their red and white hat, uh, towely things on their head. And I can't think what they're, they're called. Does anybody know what they're called? Dish dashes. Not hijabs, are they? No. I don't mean to be offensive when I said that. It's the only way I could describe them. Don't worry, mate. I once bought an instant Arab kit at Reading Festival and paraded <laughs> around with a tea towel on my head with a bit of cord and some sunglasses <laughs> and a stick-on beard. There you go. Couldn't get away with that nowadays. That's it, yeah. Yeah, I'm, so I'm picturing that. So a bunch of Arabic men stood around, all going, oh, yeah, yeah, woo, woo, yeah, she's beautiful, but in Arabic. And there's lots of camels with lipstick. <laughs> and, and they've got, like, Nail varnish on their hooves and high you know, heels. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but when I'm thinking of a camel beauty contest. When they're adding the Botox to it, that's what I'm seeing. And big long eyelashes, <laughs> the size of your hands. That's what my brain I pictures just, when I'm just when you said I'm, that. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, oh. I'm camels on their hind legs with lipstick and bikinis on. <laughs> I'm just seeing. And they've been shaved. Cuffs. Just a normal camel cruft where they're trotting around with them. Yeah, well, just you're a woman. Normal fucking camels. <laughs> 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 we're thinking beauty pageant. We're thinking bikinis and, and makeup. You're thinking <laughs> crufts. Crufts. That's just boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting though. But Men, mm. men's minds. Claire pictures crufts. Straight to the gutter. Yeah. It's just do. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Next, Mike. Yeah, rocket scientists are not, on average, smarter than the general population. I don't know if I believe that or not, because surely they've got to be fairly smart. It's not brain surgery, though, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
Mitchell and Webb sketch. Yes, 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 I like that one. They just apply themselves, don't they? I guess if you focus all your efforts into doing one thing, you're going to be really good at it, aren't you? Unless it's a, like a million practices to become an expert, something like that. Mate, all it, all it well, takes Well, some people is, just have a natural affinity. All it takes is studying. I could never imagine being a submariner because of how hard becoming a submariner is. You have to learn the whole submarine. And I'm shit at mechanical things. And yet I managed to learn it just through six months of pure uh, study, single-minded study. Mm-hmm. And so I can understand what what that... Yeah. I can understand that because... I, I'm not no bloody genius, but you're immersed, it, when you're immersed in it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that's it. And you become a, you, yeah, totally. I'm a master. I learn the ins and outs of a bloody 150 meter long submarine mm. because you had to. Yep. Yeah. For safety, so yeah, and so I, I can understand that. Definitely. Would you have pushed the nuclear button if you had to? Fucking right. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> nah. I think it was a nuclear-armed sub. It would depend, I suppose, if it came to it and we had to use it, then, yeah, of course Is it the four letters thing, right? There's there's, there's an option each Prime Minister, there's four options or something, three options, and each Prime Minister writes down one of them and uh, they put it in the safe, the captain's going to get the key to, and he uh, takes out the envelope and he says, like, they get the order, open the envelope, and it's like... Immediate counter strike, await orders, or um, sell to America, sell to Australia, something like that. It's all done over um, Morse. Morse. Morse code. Everything is done over Morse code essentially because obviously there's no communications coming in and out of the submarine. So mm. Morse code is the hardest one to detect. Yeah. It leaves no like pattern of frequency, I believe, or something along the, mm. those lines. So it's all Morse code, which is why, as a submariner, you only get 30 words every other week from loved ones. See, That's yeah. it. You pick one person, they'll write 30 words down, send it to the divisional officer at your base, and then that gets Morse coded in. Because, obviously, if you had any more than that, that would be somebody's job full-time yeah. to sit there yeah. Morse code into the submariners. <laughs> yeah. Johnny broke his leg last week. Yeah, there's 150 <laughs> people on board. Yeah. You, you can imagine even just doing each person's 30-word yeah. Morse code, it's going to take a good day's work, you'd have thought, yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. someone in that office. Maybe, maybe not, but you know and what I mean. And the sub, obviously, receiving the Morse code message. they yeah. got to code it at the other end, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Someone's got to sit there and listen. Yeah, and yeah totally. So if it, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. But so if it's a thousand-word diatribe from Aunt Bessie, <laughs> <laughs> the cows haven't been doing well since you left. Yeah. Uh, next one then. Cats cannot make long-term plans. My <laughs> cat featured ones tonight. But how do they know this? Like, so uh, whiskers. Oh. What do you fancy doing next year? Oh, I don't know, mate. I can't do anything long term. Hang on, Chester. Where do you see yourself in five years? Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chairman Mao. I see. <laughs> he wants to become the dictator of a Chinese mm. superpower. Right. Okay. Of course, cats can't make long term plans. They're the most like 
the personification of in the moment they're animal, random aren't they? as fuck aren't they basically. they're just in the moment yeah. all the time yeah no totally I, I imagine that. all animals can't make long term plans can't think of the fruit bat making holiday plans you know what I mean well I mean, does it migrate or not does it <laughs> saying it's that there, isn't it? saying that right there's a lot a lot of animals massive 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 percentage mate for life they find their mate at like a young age and they mm. stay with them for life that surely would come under the category of long-term plans because oh, they're yeah. meeting I mean, it. That, be Do you know what I mean? Though as well, women Maybe, just yeah. like, you yeah, know, but at the same time, and, and the you got to look at is the ability to make a long-term plan involves quite a... a oh, uh, num- number one, uh, knowledge of the self. Yeah. And number two... Knowledge of time. Knowledge yeah, of time. Yeah. And number three... The ability to like actually make a choice that wasn't instincts, like hunt, kill, yeah. feed, mate. Think about the future. Think about the future. I can just bit of meat now, or I can chop it up and I can use it as bait to yeah. catch fish. That's it, you need a certain level of intelligence, don't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that poo poo's my theory then. <laughs> <laughs> but now the dog fact, and the average dog knows 89 words, which is quite amazing. Pretty you can fully understand that. Yep. Sit. No. I used to tell Egg. Blue, on a Sunday, was his, he'd go in the car to Nisa on a Sunday, get some like snacks on a Sunday night or something, or some beers, and Blue would come in the car, my old dog, ex-dog, lovely boy though, and he would know like, okay, you can sit in the front now. He'd know what I get out, When I get out of the car, and I go, go on then, and he'd go and sit in the front, and he'd sit there, he'd love sitting on seats, weirdly, it was his thing, right, and he'd put, you go, get in the back then, and he'd just jump in the back. Well, stay on the side, he'd move over, it was just, they know things, they pick yeah. things up. My mum's dog's really intelligent. You can always tell her exactly what to do. She mm. does it. It's like, Freya, go get a drink. And she'll run off and... Yeah. My friend's gone one, gone one more of that. And she's got got two dinosaurs that, that are exactly the same shape. One's green and one's red. Is it a name John Hammond? <laughs> She's got two dinosaurs! <laughs> They're little stuffies for a, oh, for, a, for a laboratory. Oh, for her dog, right, yes. And she goes, bring me the red dinosaur. Mm-hmm. He'll go and like, root in his toy box and bring it back. Well, See, that's good, because dogs practically colour blind. I know, they? yeah. So I that is they can see good. different... Shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. but yeah, they see black and white. But she's been like holding this one up and going green dinosaur. So yeah. he's looked at the that shade mm. of grey and he knows you that's know, the green that's one. Look how much time she got. He <laughs> picks the post out of the letterbox and brings it to no her way. one by one to get more treats. Wow. Fucking hell! Yeah. I couldn't get Max to do that even if I fucking tried. He was a baby. <laughs> I never got him to do that. He just rotties. I just mad and daft. Hmm. Didn't you know, to... sit, stay, and come here. That's, that's what you get. Yeah. <laughs> Bugger and go out. Didn't that's what you get. Used to hold the treats on her nose yeah, until you said, and then and then, so, then she wouldn't eat it until you let her. She'd sit there and she you could you could torture her. You'd so, be like that for minutes, like God. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Catch it in her mouth. Brilliant. She was she was ace that dog and put it in your mouth and she'd come up so gently and. Take it out of your mouth. Wouldn't touch you at all. Mm. You could have the smallest thing, wouldn't, couldn't you? She's like that. <laughs> she was ace. She was playing. She just put like a gravy bowl in between her teeth, and he just like take it out without Dogs are ace. They are. Yeah. They are brilliant. It's why they're man's best friend. Any more, Mike? Yeah. yeah Finishing this one. It's quite macabre. Ooh. During the nineteenth century, 
The UK developed an industry out of collecting the bones from major European battlefields mm. like Austerlitz, Leipzig and Waterloo, yeah. shipping them back via hull to industrial oh. bone grinders for use as agricultural fertiliser. <laughs> Not just that, actually. False teeth. Fucking wow. hell. The teeth in particular, soldiers used to, some soldiers, some of the red coaches to carry pliers. The ones used to fight, yeah. but yeah. And yeah. They, as you were going along, because you passed the bodies, you oh, might I stoop down all, and actually pull a tooth out. Oh, wow. Because that tooth you could sell to a London dentist for maybe a few pence. Wow. After the battlefield, looting was still quite common. You know, the dead lying there for hours as though organised medical system it's who, get, who gets back to the surgeon's tent first wow. you'll lay on the battlefield you could be Waterloo the wounded lay on the battlefield three days oh. medieval battlefields even longer oh. you know you've got that many people dead and dying you've got to bring them off and who's going to survive who isn't take the ones who are the real tooth fairies you know, <laughs> so people would take pliers and they would you know take the teeth out and they're taking gold teeth and stuff like that. No, just now because normal teeth. You could sell you could sell the teeth because they made them into dentures for rich people and they were quite prized. In fact in Britain they were known as uh, someone was sporting a set of Waterloo teeth. It was a thing. Wow. Oh, never. These wow. were teeth taken from the bodies of the deal you know, well, I don't know if they they made a distinction. You'd like to think they wouldn't take their own size teeth, but you know maybe uh, they did. I don't know. Did. You know, Private shiny. Johnny over there has got a fine set of teeth. Whatever that was to him, and his face is unarmed. I'm having that. <laughs> you don't know, do you? No. Could happen. Yeah, cabbages are being grown in the in the bones, the ground up bones of the, the, the French and the, fr- the French. See EU Stop cooperation. It. There is. Uh, <laughs> do you know what the funny thing is? You're right in the sense that there will still be yeah. remnants of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In which listen. Don't do the favourite, don't join a cult, and do you know what? No, next Thursday, COVID restrictions are going again, you can form a shield wall if you want to. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I've been Mike, thanks for listening, peace out, may the force be with you. And I've been Kerr, keep an open mind, but not so open that it spills out your ears. I've been Pete, aim high, shoot low. Yeah, RIP meatloaf. Yes, yeah. RIP meatloaf, life's a lemon. <laughs> <laughs>